Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Happy Monday. Welcome to the About Last Night podcast. My name is Adam Ray. Thanks for listening. Wherever you get it, iPhone, Android, Stitcher, aboutlastnightpodcast.com, which a new website is coming shortly, so be on the lookout for that. I hope you guys had a great weekend. we got a great uh, few weeks of shows coming up. Like today's, our guest is former mixed martial artist, former UFC fighter, former football player, professional, uh, now a comedian, actor, and podcaster. You know him from his podcast, The Big Brown Breakdown, and Fighter and the Kid with Brian Callen. It's Brendan Schaub, baby. His first time on the ALN podcast, and uh, what a fucking episode. His stories from his UFC days, his transition into comedy. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes we've done so far, because it's a world that I have no knowledge about, and uh, now I feel like I, I know really well and I'm terrified of after... Uh, to this uh, enlightening conversation. Brennan's a hilarious dude, a great dude, a big dude, uh, and uh, he's uh, a, a sweet addition to the stand-up comedy uh, family, which uh, which he's, you know, as you'll hear, he's, uh, before he uh, did this episode, uh, when he did this episode, he was about to embark on a sold-out tour through Australia. Sold out. Two years into, into comedy, sold out. So he's crushing the game, and uh, he deserves all the success. He's a great dude. So enjoy the hell out of this episode, and follow Brendan on Twitter at Brendan Schaub, S-C-H-A-U-B. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy, at Funny Brad, at Alien Podcast, at Alien Podcast on Instagram, Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram, Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. Uh, this weekend, no uh, no road for me uh, until, um, until the end of June, June 29th to July 1st. I'm going to be at the Parlor Live back home in Seattle, Washington, ParlorLive.com or AdamRayTV.com for tickets. Uh, and also right before that, uh, June 23rd, I'm going to be in Boston at the House of Blues for the Big Poppy Roast. I'm going to do the roast of Big Poppy, the Boston Red Sox uh, and future Hall of Famer. It's me, Josh Wolf, Sarah Tiana, Bill Burr, uh, Lenny uh, Clark, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Dustin Pedroia, Jonathan Coachman. It's going to be at the House of Blues in Boston June 23rd. All the proceeds go to charity, so uh, come out and see. I'm going to I'm gonna do it as a uh, as a character, as a New York Yankees fan, and uh, I've been writing a bunch of jokes. I've been getting together with Frank Castillo and Mark Saratella, writing some roast jokes. It's gonna be a blast. So, June 23rd, House of Blues in Boston, roast a big poppy. June 29th through July 1st, Adam Ray at the Parlor Live, hometown show, Seattle, Washington. So come out and uh, and see me there. Brad Williams is on the road a bunch, of course, as always. And this weekend, you can see Brad in West Palm Beach at the Palm Beach Improv in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, June 15th through the 18th. Get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Um, like I said, new website coming. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, keep subscribed. Tell your friends. Five-star ratings. Comment on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. And uh, and again, shoot us an email. Aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com with your favorite ALN memory. Highlight from a show you liked. Where you listened to the pod. How you got into that. And uh, we're going to read some of these comments in the next few ups And uh, give you some free merch. So now that we got the tour dates out of the way, the Twitter handles, the merch info, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Brendan Schaub. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and 
want no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. So you live here full time. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm down the street. I will not give out the exact address because <laughs> I think we're recording. Don't do it. And and not not even for my own safety, for the uh, <laughs> s- for the safety of others. Because uh, yeah, like it's like people are like, oh man, like uh, you're like you can protect your girl. I'm like hell no, she protects me. She's yeah. fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's like yeah, uh, you 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 better hope she's not home. <laughs> hey, you've really set the bar. I've only been in a handful of fights, but not like enough. And not enough went down for me to go the like, you know, knowing. I mean, I feel like any dude with enough competitive adrenaline in them goes with even without the experience that like you have goes when push comes to shove. If it's like family, you lights go down and you just probably you jump in. Right. You hope so. I would think so. You, exactly. You hope so. I don't fucking know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I got involved in some of these fights for like the most mundane reasons. So I would like to think if there was actual stakes involved, I would go pedal to the metal. But. That being said, I think I need to go the Brad Williams route and get a fucking, at least a purple belt. I can <laughs> Something. I'll, I'll, I was a white belt in Taekwondo. I'll find I you a blue belt, bro. Yeah, yeah, get yeah, blue. Let's not get crazy. Yeah. There you what, go. What's crazy is like guys talk about it all the time where they're like, oh, I hope I pass the test if I get put in those high-pressure situations. Mm-hmm. There's, I've spoken to Navy SEALs. We've had them on our shows, Andy Sumpf, uh, Tim Kennedy, who's not a Navy SEAL, but Army Ranger. And he's saying a lot of times... You're talking about the baddest of the bad. Yeah. They put them in these high-pressure situations in training, you know, the bud string camp and all that, and they're killing it, but it's not real. They're like, God, God, this is easy. I'm fucking killing it. Then they get put in the actual situation. He says some guys just freeze up. Like, no these are And these are trained killers. Yeah. And some just... They, you know, so it doesn't even matter. Like shit hits the fan. Yeah. So it, it doesn't even matter if you have the necessarily training or the skill. Like sure, but then there could be just something else in you that goes. It's the I'm, X factor. I, I, I'm frozen. But it's the same thing flight. with sports. Like I've yeah. seen some guys in the training room. Like holy fuck, he's been a 20 time world champion. Like no one's gonna beat him. He's beating all our asses, and we're yeah. we're ranked in the top ten. This guy's beating the shit out of us. Then. When the bullets are flying, it's real. He turns into yeah. Jane instead of Tarzan. I don't know how anyone, like, okay. Because, like, as a comic, the worst thing that can happen to us is someone doesn't laugh or we get booed or we get heckled. That's terrible, which, though. It, it, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like when you're a fighter, you pretty much know every time you go into that ring, octagon, whatever. I'm gonna get punched in the face. Like that's going to do, happen to do, me. Yeah, but, do you? Well, yeah. yeah. You expect it's like it's it's a it's like uh, Phelps being you know Maddie's gonna get wet. Like you know you're gonna get punched <laughs> in the face. You know what I'm saying? By but, the way, that would be great if that was like a real. <laughs> Phelps like what the fuck? I'm, I'm like, wet look, again. He's like, look, I want to be the best, but this water thing is really throwing a giant curveball <laughs> really my way. Yeah, my yeah. No, but in in fighting, like I assume you know, but what the difference between fighting comedy is. When you go into the octagon, you're fighting another world class fighter. So if you yeah. lose, it's not like the public's like, ah, I could beat that guy. Like everyone's like, damn, dude, that was rough. Like, I yeah. can't believe you even did that. Right. With stand up, if you're up there bombing, and let's say the first two minutes, whatever, it's a Tuesday night at the Laugh Factory, it's Armenian night, which I've had, yeah. and no <laughs> one's laughing, yeah. you got to power through it. And yeah. It is so degrading and just the worst. Yeah. Wow. See, that's. See that's amazing to me that I mean you're you're a guy that has had success in now both these areas and 
you're the one that goes like, oh man, no, getting punched in the face, that's easy. Stand up. That's some hard shit. <laughs> so, so much harder because, oh my God. because it's all on you and it's, it's your creative mind that has to relate to these yeah. masses amounts of people. Like fighting, you could be from the Czech Republic, I could be from Armenia, it doesn't matter. We all get fighting. Everyone yeah. understands fighting. Yeah. And it's scary, it's only getting punched in the face. Stand up is such a dick. Because, and also, like a right hand's a right hand. Your right mm-hmm. hand's same as my right hand, really. Well, I mean, well, look you know at your I'm right saying. hand. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's a like bad saying, example. Yeah, like, oh, here it is, oh, here it is. Your yeah. right leg is Brad's right hand. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, getting hit with a bowling ball is the same as a ping pong yeah. ball. Like, that's pretty much you know, you know the comparison though, you just made. Like, like, throwing a right hand's throwing a right hand, and yeah. everyone's like, yeah, we all understand that. But comedy, it's like, they might love Adam's comedy and mm-hmm. fucking hate. It's their cup of tea, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. It Now... Okay, oh, so, so you've, how met, does, you've met Brad, Brad's parents. <laughs> <laughs> so how does uh, how does the rush of let's say uh, a great set yeah. compared to the rush of walking into that arena and knocking out Mirko Krokop? Like how like is it, it it like is it the arenas like you can never compare or how oh, how, it's, it's how almost, does compare to each it's other? It's almost apples to avocados. Like it's so fucking different, but. In comedy, it's all you, like especially <clears throat> like these big brown breakdown lives that I do, which is basically yes, you know, forty five minutes of stand up, yeah. yeah, which is forty five minutes stand up, and then I do current events and MMA, and then open like improv dialogue with the with the crowd stuff like that. It's awesome. That's all like that's all planned, and that's all on me. It's my mm-hmm. creativity, and I I'm, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. In fighting, I was so scared, I was so fucking terrified, and it's not like the UFC is the brand. Like, yeah. like, I hate to refer to myself in third person. or let, Don't have to. Let's say uh, Conor McGregor. He's yeah. not the brand. He's his own identity. But the UFC keeps on marching. Yeah. Well, in stand-up, like, you control your destiny. Yeah. Fighting, you really don't. You oh, know? really? So, so I get so much more out of this because you feel like you're making a smart investment. In fighting, name a fighter who's retired. There might be a few, but who are killing it now. I can do stand-up to him. 75 80 hopefully yeah i mean you know, who, yeah. ct might kick him who knows yeah oh my god but well, but with fighters it's just like it's a different investment it's just sure. a, and also i don't care what they say every, everyone's scared to fight so it's just like you go in there and you're hoping for the best and mm-hmm. it's such and you know it, it's terrifying but like when i fought crow cop yeah i won that fight did i win actually win though in life like he made more money I had reconstructive nose surgery twice from it. I had 18 stitches in my eyebrow. I, uh, I, I was concussed. I stayed up the entire night throwing up. The, the, the light from a cell phone, I couldn't handle my eyes because of the concussion. Had to get on the plane. Who, did I win or did we both lose? You know? Wow. In, in stand-up, yeah. you might have a set at the Laugh Factor. You might have a show wherever. Brad, you might have a show. Yeah. You crush. You crush. I crush. I would say we all three win there. In fighting, does anyone really win? That's- and I looked at Krokop and went, what the fuck are we? And he was my hero. And we're, yeah. we're both sitting there, all blood, both bloody as fuck. And the commission's coming in. They give us my check, and they give us they give him his check. And I'm shaking my head. And, I, and I've always kind of felt like so I look at him and go, God, what the fuck are we doing, man? Was this no the kidding. was this the last uh, fight you had the, that was? No, that kind, that kind of started okay. like just because he was my hero, and that you know I won three big fights in a row to get that fight and then that was like this marquee fight i knocked him out and that was john jones first title shot like it was a huge card in new york new mm-hmm. jersey big deal ufc 128 i think and i knocked him out I was supposed to be all happy i was not happy i was in the back and i thought this was my dream and it, i'm not a natural born fighter and you won 
I, oh, latest knockout ever in UFC heavyweight history against a legend. Yeah. I, got, I got the bonus extra hundred grand. So you won the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you would think you should be elated. You should just be sitting back there. I mean, calling, no. celebrating. Yeah, I looked at Krokop. My and his English isn't great. He's from Croatia, mm-hmm. and I he, he's a natural born fighter. He's one of the best of all time. Maybe yeah. the best striker ever. He's a damn the, He's like the Tony Kukoc of fighting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Like, yeah. Also a Croatian. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If Tony Kukoc yeah. could deliver devastating leg kicks. Yeah, so. yeah, kind of. And I just looked at him and went, "What the fuck are we doing, man?" Yeah. And just in his broken English, goes, this is life. This is life. And wow. Like, is it, though? Is it, though? Yeah. Right. It? Like, does it have to be? Do I have to be, feel this bad after I just had the greatest win of my career? Like, that has to be a mind fuck because, because like you said, you're supposed to be elated. You're, you're, you're supposed to be out partying, chicks, everything like that. And then you're just sitting there like... Second guessing every decision you've ever made to get to that. Well, point. had you ever had like a, a plan B or any other aspirations, or was this just like? From, at what point were you on this on the the path of, of? Not then, because once I'm in, I'm I'm fully in. So with football, I was all the way in. Yeah, like, football was yeah. man. Football was my shit. I was all the way in. Yeah. I go to Buffalo. I have a cup a cappuccino. Like we're all set, white boy. So I get back <laughs> on a plane, and then yeah. from there, Wait, like, I got to figure something else out. Because you were on the uh, Bills practice squad. Yeah, and you were like you were a big time dude at University of Colorado. Yeah, yeah. and then, I'm sorry, what position? Uh, tight, tight end, end for sure. Like yeah, come on. Yeah. Okay, yeah. probably crushed. Yeah, I wouldn't say cr- I'd, I'd literally the best tight end in the nation playing in front of me. So I'd I'd go between H back and full backs because he was a just a ridiculous best friend by the way. But yeah, just a ridiculous athlete. So. I wouldn't say I crushed, but I did well. But and then the dream was get to the NFL, and then you know I get an invitation to go to the Buffalo Bills, and I get there, and it just wasn't going to work out. And I've I've always you know to my dad's credit or whoever's I've always been uh, a cerebral guy. Like yeah. I've always thought a lot of things through. Yeah. And uh, some people might say I'm a smart guy. And I was sitting there in Buffalo, and I'm seeing other guys on the practice squad that have been there for four years. And you think in the NFL, you know, everyone's balling. There's Bentleys and Rolexes. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're on the practice squad, you're making maybe forty five, seventy thousand. You know, there's those guys who bounce around. And you're just waiting for your you have, shot. You have huh? four years. Yeah. You have four. You can only do that, I think, for it's four years or three years now. You have three years on the practice squad, and then if you don't make a team, you're out. You can't no, do that shit. anymore. So I see these guys in the last year, and I'm like, God, hopefully I make it. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want that life. And right. then I'm like, do I really have the skills to be a Jeremy Shockey or fucking Tony Gonzalez? Like, I'm a realist. And I'm like, probably not, man. So that's why I was like, this dream's over. And then on to the next thing. What did you I, love about football? What did you what do you what did you get from that experience that you took on to the uh, the next chapter? The the work ethic. Yeah, because yeah. that's how I stood out. You know, I wasn't the biggest, fastest guy. I was good. I was good at everything, but my work ethic is what separated me from everyone. So I was like, man, if I work my ass off, I can get a little ahead of these other dudes. Mm-hmm. Is it real serious and competitive in that like uh, that world, or is it, or is there room for you to like? And I'm also curious, like, at what point did you start to, like, find, like, the comedy side of Brendan Schaub? Like, were you a joker on the practice squad or were you just, like, all business? Well, since I was, no, I was, my issue with that was I wasn't all business. Yeah. Like, <laughs> since, since I was a kid, like, my, my heroes were Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey. Like, I love that stuff. Never miss Saturday Night Live. Like, my mom grew up Saturday Night Live. Wow. And then I remember my mom, well, when I was in college at C, she goes, I don't know why you just don't go to Hollywood and just try that entertainment stuff out. Literally, I'm, wow. like, I'm a sophomore. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> terrible idea. So my, to my mom's credit, she always thought I would do something like this. But I was always the funny guy in the locker room. Like I was the guy yeah. always telling stories. People ask me to tell stories. Yeah. I was that guy, man. Mm-hmm. So, and then, but you never thought of it as, as anything. It was just like, oh, cool. I'm the funny jock. Like I'm not. I'm the funny jock. And 
and also in Denver, Colorado, there's no there's no pathway. Like I my I saw Jim Carrey doing stand up. Like I can't do that. Yeah. shit. Look yeah. how look how dynamic yeah. it is. I'm this brute. And you know, it's like, like it was a blessing and a curse because the blessing was is you know I grew up in predominantly African American neighborhood, so athletics were the way to stick out. So I was the biggest, fastest white kid who was really good at sports who brought his cleats to school to at recess. He could dominate, and get the chicks like that. That was me. <laughs> what? That's what brought your cleats. Or- you were the recess yeah. king. Oh yeah. Recess I think I've read king. about you. Yeah, yeah. That's me, amigo. RK. Yeah. RK. Yeah. Recess king. Yeah, recess Wait a minute. King. What was your game? What was you? What Football. Was- all- Everyone make fun of me because I'd wear McGregor uh, molded cleats into class. It was the only shoes I had. And they would clunk on the ground and people would laugh. I'm like, wait to recess, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Then recess that hit. clunk's gonna oh be a lot God. more intimidating. Yeah. And you and you were prepared. Fuck yeah, oh, laugh it that's up. Funny. And my mom loved it because those cleats, you know, you wear them so much, they yeah. turn into regular shoes. Like yeah, three, you just four grind them down. Yeah. yeah, mom's like shit. We don't we buy shoes once a year. So you were just so you, <laughs> girls would just come. Was it one of those things where the games were so big and and fun that girls would just kind of lean along the fence and like watch and be like, get them running. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but it's like get them white boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, how predominantly black? Uh, I'd say sixty percent at least. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you so you really stood out in the field then. Yeah, I stood out, and I, I learned at a young age, like man, sports are this is how you get attention. This is gonna lead sure. you somewhere. There, that that was my avenue. You it know, is I was the big fast white kid. It is tough to. I was the same way where it was like all sports, and I was like the funny guy on all the sports teams, you know. But again, with no frame of reference and being in Seattle and probably similar to Colorado, where it's like. You know, Brad, I think you growing up a little closer to the business, maybe it seemed a little more real, but also probably you're well, still an I just hour knew, away. I just knew I wasn't going to get into sports. Like, right, by, right. Sports was an option. Yeah, thir- yeah th- like I, I was good until 10, and then once 10 hit, like, oh, wait, everyone else keeps growing? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. No NBA for you. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no NBA. Like, yeah, like I, I, I would look like a Muggsy Bogues or a Spud <laughs> Webb. I'd be like, well, they're five foot three, five yeah. four. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd go to my parents, like, I'm gonna make it that high, right? Yeah. And they're like, nope, probably not. That's buddy. not gonna probably happen. Not. Four foot six <laughs> at the max. <laughs> but like, but like, were you, were were you always a bigger guy? Were you always like, or no, no, no? Did you get the growth spurt late? And, and thank God, because that's where I think the personality comes from yeah if you met a really big guy he's been the you know like lebron james don't have the best personality in the world i don't know if you met a lot of these fighters who are dominating like kane velasquez is about as fun as that candle burning right there like he's a phenomenal <laughs> fighter that but- candle's defense it's been burning for about three days <laughs> yeah. and i thought it would only last for one it's so. in true jew fashion this candle is lasting longer than it's last you know, you know what i'm saying like yeah. you meet yeah. these these supreme athletes like most of the time none of the best personality because oh 97 percent of the chicks, time hot chicks they yeah. usually don't have the best personality they don't have to create because they've been hot their whole life yeah. now everything's yeah, given to them yeah Me. what you want is you want like the ugly duckling that was like fat until like mid high school yeah. and then all and then all of a sudden got hot yep. that's what you boom. want yeah, yeah. that's so, what you want yeah with me no i was i was always the small kid my my i played with the older kids my, i had an older brother and they don't always pick me because i was the most most athletic but i was always small always mm-hmm. small till really maybe Senior in high school, you know, you guys are going to laugh at this, but for, for a Division One player, I was 6'2", 175 pounds trying to play tight end. Well, I was super small, man. Well, I didn't get dude, big to my sophomore that, year so in is college. That, but that's like thin. like super, That's small. For dude, any, as tight yeah. end, I, dude, that's crazy. I was, what, 6'1", 190 trying to be an offensive lineman? Again, like, uh, senior year against these fucking, like, 280, yeah. like... 
Yeah. So I mean, as a tight end, I can't even imagine you trying to compete at that Super size. Small. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a, a late bloomer, but thank God, man, because you have to, you know, you got to develop personality. That growth spurt must have been a fucking uh, front page headline. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, I can't imagine like because you're now what six six four two hundred forty pounds, right? Dude, now. I mean, when it wasn't all in like one summer, or was it? Yeah, I mean, it was close. I went from, you know, that 6'2", 175, 180 to about 6'4", 225 pounds pretty fast. Jeez, just like over the summers and you show up. You just blew up. The the, the next year in September, like, all right, white boy's back. What's up? (laughs) Everyone's like, dude, Reese's King is fucking like legitly the size of a king now. (laughs) Like, you grew real king muscles. Yeah, it was weird, man. But I've always, like, I've been in the gym since I was uh, fifth grade. Like, I was obsessed with lifting weights. and Who got that on your head? Older brother? No, not at all. I got him into it. Mr. T videos? Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, dude. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. You just saw the way they looked, and you're like, that looks great. Yeah, I'm like, I just want to, you know, I want to be in shape, man. So I was Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. I was always Wait, fifth grade weights? Isn't that like... They say that you're supposed to stunt your growth. So I guess you are a prime example. That I don't know. It, Brad, did you lift weights? I, so many weights. Because I did. So I many did. weights. See, that's, that see, that's my problem. That's what, that's what I tell everyone. I was jacked. But then it like shrunk me down. So I just, start, I just started curling 100-pound doll. Yeah, I hear you, man. I don't know what the hell happened. Once it's become obvious to you that it's not going to happen, because the NFL, yeah, 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 like you, you, you see all these stories about guys like having two-year careers, and then it's like, well, now like they're bagging groceries the next year. Like, what's in your head going? Well, now what do I do? I think all of it stems from a lot of heartbreak, man. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. because you know, as a kid, the NFL's the dream, and you get there and you think it's going to be Charlie and Chocolate Factory and like this yeah. heaven, and it's it going to be amazing. Your jersey's going to be hung up, and all. No, man, I was just a guy. I was just, it, it was it was so it was such a business when I got there. It's X's and O's and plug and play, and it's really not a team atmosphere. And mm-hmm. it was just very intense for me. I'm a sensitive dude. And I was like, holy fuck! Was the fun a little this stripped out of fun it? Fun was gone. Fun started to leave last. Like a few games see my senior year, so that took the fun out of it. So, like I said, a lot of heartbreak. And I was like, we gotta figure something out here, man. And then I started doing jujitsu um, in summer my senior year in college. There was Easton's Jiu-Jitsu in Boulder. Started to do some classes, and one of the instructors was like, "Man, you're picking us up freaking fast, man! Like you could be a beast if you decide to do this." I'm like, mm-hmm. "I've always wanted to fight, man." He's like, "Who knows?" So that kind of put a little seed in there, yeah. and lack of options. Yeah. Now, at that time, uh, when you start doing jujitsu, and they start saying like, "Hey, you got something here," was like, because I'm trying to think of the time frame. Because the was the UFC what it is now, or was it still in the days when it was like 200 pound guys fighting 110 pound guys, like when there was no weight classes and was just no hoist Gracie walking to the ring in his gi. <laughs> no, hell no. no, it it was it was. It was big, but it w- it wasn't like it is now. It was right. good. Like okay. the Ultimate Fighter had to happen, and oh, okay. you know, there's st- things starting to come about. Like people knew who Ken Shamrock was. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. And, and I knew that with my athletic ability, I looked at the other heavyweights and went, "Man, if I commit to this, I could get good pretty fast and beat a lot of these guys." Probably. The 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 thing that I've had, whether it's hurt me or helped me, is I've always had so much self belief where if mm-hmm. I commit to something, I can do pretty well in it. Hey. It- Ignorance is bliss. If you're like, ah, yeah, I I can do it. Like uh, we've always said in comedy, if someone came to you and told you exactly how hard it was going to be when you started, like doing open mics, no one would still be in it. Nope. No, we we all we'd all quit. We'd be like, oh my god, 
what I gotta do open mics in front of drunks and that's like, with every, everything though, right especially yeah. entertainment like uh, Brian you know someone asked Brian for whatever reason Brian Callen, Callen yeah. for firing the kid right. someone asked him about fighting he goes don't do it talk to Shab I'm like God if someone told me that I'd be pissed man I say do it try it who knows where it's yeah. gonna lead sure because you never know but that's with anything with I, any yeah, job I never, it's all fucking tough dude, to- stand up move yeah who are we to, also who are we who is anybody to say to somebody don't do something yeah. I mean unless. I mean, look, if my nieces were now seven, my nieces are seven. If like in eight years, they're like, I saw this cool job in Van Nuys where you get on a blow up mattress and you play with yourself and they give you cash. I'd be like, fucking, we're shipping you to Alaska and you're going to fucking hunt moose (laughs) and you're going to become a lesbian. (laughs) To a certain extent, like. For sure, get your education, but then after that, go wild, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Did you? Um, so, your who were your like your mentors? Parents, brother? Did you have um, in, coaches? In to, just, just in life, overall? and also like as you're coming up, because I want to kind of segue into like this next chapter of life once you got like found comedy and stuff. Sure. But like I'm, you're, I mean, you know, you have stories and experiences for days, and yeah. I, I'm just trying to like reel in all my questions. I but, hear like, you, man. You fire away. Um, you guys got me as much as you want. Okay, I love cool. You guys. So, um, like. Who is, because um, you seem like you've had a, a strong head on your shoulders like since day one, yes. you know? But like, I think we all need somebody that's like, you know, uh, like for me, it's my mom as far as like somebody I've always been able to check in with and like shoot me straight and like, you know, definitely be a yes ander to like what you're doing, but not an enabler, not yeah. like, and also tells you like, you know, gives you both sides of the spectrum yeah, and yeah. like, kinda, and let's, but lets you kind of make your choices. Sure. So who was that for you? My dad, you know, I grew up super strict. He was super strict on me because he always wanted the most for me. Mm-hmm. So, so my dad, my brother, we, you know, when we were, you have an older brother and he's, he works for me now. He has his own job. He's a, my dad and him are freaks, brainiacs. My brother works for Microsoft, computer programmer, but also my tour manager, merchandise, runs Jeez. our website. He's a beast. So growing up, my brother and I, he, he'd beat me up all the time, like to the point where we had to go see therapists and it was super bad. Like he had fucking issues. Like he was like uh, the good son, like Macaulay Culkin. Oh, he was super dark. Super, super dark. We couldn't figure it out. Yeah, that. I mean, pretty good family. What the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. So he's constantly whooping my ass, and um, so we weren't that. Like he always had my back, but we weren't crazy close growing up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in high school, again, not that close. And then once college started to happen, we got really close. And now he's by far my closest friend. Like we're so fucking close. Not even funny. Amazing. You know, he keeps it more real than anyone. You know, he'll, he'll tell. I'll get off stage, you know, whether it's fighting the kid or Big Brown. Like, what do you think? Like, no, you're best. All right. You know, he's like very, wow. very, family, very upfront. So know? my brother, my dad, um, and then my Uncle Pax, who recently passed away. You know, you're talking about a guy who played uh, – I just wanted to be like him. I played fo- He played football at Cal. Um, he was uh, he boxed in the Olympics. Um, Mr. Uh, seven-time Mr. Universe. Damn. They call him Mr. Venice. He passed away uh, of cancer. But, you know, he's a freak. And then also happens to be da- – yeah, I think it's fair to say he's close to being a billionaire. He was at the time he passed away, you know. So you're talking about a real pioneer. The reason why I run long distance when everyone told me you're too big to do it, he would set long distance records. Like he set a long distance record racing this this boat from San Francisco to L.A. Like he, he's his beast. So I saw all the stuff Jeez. he accomplished, and then he also, you know, uh, this, this is some crazy shit. This is what kind of duty is. Packs. He came out with uh, the the Tupperware for like cottage cheese and yogurts. He created a machine to make that fast and just got stupid rich from it. No, I'm kidding. Rich, yeah. 
Wow. So you want to talk about stories? In a lot of stories, you know, my dad's a good storyteller. My uncle Pax, who, who, who rest in peace, but he tells a story where you know he's a ladies' man, and he's he, he's play, uh, playing uh, high school football in Oakland, and he's this big wig. You know, he's getting recruited by Cal. He played football at Cal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's he's dating this girl, and uh, she's in the shower. They just got done having their business, mm-hmm. and she, he answers the phone. It's a dude, and he goes, uh, "Can I help you?" And he goes. Yeah, tell Irene Clint called. And he goes, Clint who? And he goes, Clint Eastwood. And he goes, all right, Clint. Hangs up the phone. <laughs> they had the same side chick. So him and Clint created this weird. These Eskimo brothers with Clint yeah, Eastwood. Yeah, but him and Clint, because they're both from the opposite side of the bridge in Oakland, yeah. create this weird kind of rivalry where they're fucking the same chicks all the time. <laughs> so they would see each other. It was like, game like the Jets on, versus man. Sharks over yeah. pussy. Yeah, it was great. Oh, my man. God. They the best stories ever. I mean, ever. If, if you're going toe to toe with Clint Eastwood in anything, it, that, yeah. that, that's, that's a good company to be yeah. in. Yeah. So my dad, him, and my brother, those are the three that really keep it real. That's amazing. And, uh, and so. I mean, I know that you kind of get into the UFC through the Ultimate Fighter, but yeah. when is that even like? How did you get involved in that show? God, man, I was. Um, I took my first fight. I knocked the guy out in like thirty six seconds, and then Jeez. two fights after that, all knockouts in under a minute. And then I was training with uh, Rashad Evans, George St. Pierre, Shane yep. Carwin, like the who's who. And um, they go, man, you know the next Ultimate Fighter is heavyweights. You'd be great on that. I'm like, I need some more experience. Because they hadn't done heavyweights until then. Uh, the, the very first season was heavyweights. Oh, okay. And then this season, 10. Yeah. And this is heavyweights. It's the biggest season ever. Like Kimbo Slice, Roy Nelson, like the who's who. Yeah. Rashad Evans, I didn't know this. He was a coach for that season, and I was training with him. And he goes, dude, you'd be great on there. And I go, I feel like I need more experience, man. And he goes, not that's what the ultimate fighters for guys without experience on it yeah yeah maybe and then literally the next day i get a call from the spike producers and went hey we uh we saw some tape on you we'd love for you to uh fly down to vegas and meet with us and they were having trials all around the nation i skipped mm-hmm. all that shit no they, they flew me right in i walk into this meeting it's with spike at the time it's in vegas there's this huge boardroom you know i'm not used to hollywood at the time there's yeah. a huge board all these decision makers and they're interviewing guys to see who would be good on the show and one of the guys starts picking on me, like because mm-hmm. you know, I'm small for a heavyweight. So at the time yeah. I was like two thirty, and he goes, "Oh, this isn't a light heavyweight, son. This is for heavyweights." And I hear it, and I'm like, "But he's in a suit. I don't know what he's doing." Yeah. And then he keeps, and I'm trying to talk to this lady, and he keeps doing it. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" I went, "Listen, I don't know who you guys have seen, and this brought like the, like the the bad Brendan on me. I, went, I don't yeah. know who the fuck you guys have seen. I will destroy anyone you guys bring in here." Anyone. I'm also the best guy you can have on the microphone. Whatever you guys are looking. If you don't pick me, your show will fucking suck. <laughs> and the lady goes, thank you. Have a good day. I went, fine. Don't pick me. And walked out. My agent called me literally like a second after. Like, hey, you're on the show. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's but, amazing. But, uh, I don't know. How, how, how long do we have? Oh, at least another hour. Yeah. Perfect. I'll give you a <clears throat> check this story. I'm, I don't think I've told this story. I, okay. I also, and I also right, need to know before we get into all this, um, like after this, I need to know, like, even just like how you got into fighting, like playground, like how, oh, like. Never. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll put a pin in all that okay. to tell this story. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Fertitas, who owned the UFC at the time, own all the Palace Station casinos in Vegas. So when you fly out for the Ultimate Fighter, they put you in one of the hotels for holding. Mm-hmm. So there are 16 fighters that they selected. The night before you go into the house on Ultimate Fighter, you have to stay in these hotels. You would think they'd put you at Red Rocks or MG, one of the nice hotels yeah, they own. Sure. No, they put you in Palace Station, which is behind the strip where it's like full of just degenerates and homeless yeah. people. Like 
not good. Right. But they, and it's so over um, occupied that they put us in this weird like outhouse thing. Like all the fires is outside. And so they see you, they go, listen, you can order any of the room service you want. I have to take your cell phone now. You're not going to have your cell phone for the next eight weeks. That's a show. You can't have cell phone, reading material, nothing. Yeah. So she goes, we're going to take your cell phone. She goes, I can't emphasize this enough. Do not leave this. If you leave this room, you will be kicked off the show instantly. Jesus. You leave this room, and we're putting tape on that side of the door. If that tape breaks, you're off the show. I went, why the fuck would I? Who the fuck would leave the room? Of course I'm not leaving the room. Right. She goes, you got it? I went, yeah, cool. Whatever ordered chicken salad. I'm eating, chip, watch TV in my room. How tough was it to go no phone for eight weeks? Yeah, not too bad because yeah. I knew the mission. Yeah. So I'm sitting yeah. there and I fall asleep. And it's it's two in the this is a ridiculous story. It's two in the morning on my underwear, and next door it's paper thin walls. It's ghetto mm-hmm. as fuck. I hear uh, a guy and a girl talking, and he's like, "Nah, bitch, you gonna do it?" It's a black dude. He's like, "Nah, bitch, you gonna do it?" And I'm like, "Am I dream right now?" And I hear. Boom! And he smacks her. And I'm like, oh hell no! I'm not gonna put up with that. Like, yeah. is it? And I hear, get, get the fuck off me, Jermaine! Like they're going. She's shouting back what? and forth. I'm like, holy fuck! I'm like, I'm gonna go fuck this guy up for this girl. Yeah. Hopefully, get my dick sucked after this. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, so, so I get out of my bed and That's I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna fuck this guy up. And I'm going to open my door. I'm like, they'll understand this. And I hear another dude go, nah, nah, fuck her, man. Let's kill this bitch right now. <gasps> and I hear, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Oh, that's a fucking gun. Yeah. So I start army crawling in my underwear because I'm like straight bullets. So yeah. Like, I don't want to die, man, but to hit a fucking TV show, make dollars. So I'm fucking army crawling. And I'm like, God, what if I fucking leave? Am I kicked off the show? And as I'm army crawling, I get to my door. It's pitch black. And they're still arguing. And I go to open my door not to make sound. I hear him go, hold up, hold up. Someone's there, dog. Someone's next door. And I go, fuck this. Oh, God. And I fucking sprint as fast as I can out the door. Through the lobby, they have this on camera. Through the lobby, <laughs> through all the producers are playing blackjack. They see my big ass go, yeah. and I go straight to security. I'm like, you, uh, some girl's about to get killed, man. There's a gun. It's two guys. They're smacking around. They're about to get killed. So like, which room is? I'm like 217, but I'm in like the weird outhouse. They're like, show us. So I'm like, all right, I'm in my boxers, no shoes, nothing. <laughs> I'm walking with them. They go, which one? They go, uh, go in your room, man. And I go, no, I'm not going to my fucking room. They're like, just stay here, identify them if they come out. I go, I haven't seen them, man. So they get them. The girl, it's what's going on. It's two pimps. She's the prostitute. Yeah. And she, you know, she's like, no, fuck. She starts fighting the cop. The most gnarly looking pimp I've ever seen, just fresh out of prison, tattoos all his tattoos. Dad, what color was the chains, suit? <laughs> fucking just not, had a wife beat on. Yes. Oh, okay. Looks and goes, I see you, white boy. I fucking see you, snitch. I'm coming back, motherfucker. I'm cut. Co- wait, wait till I get out. The, I'm gonna get you, goes, sucker. He goes, they're not gonna press any charges. I did nothing wrong. Wait till they wait till I get back out. I'll be back out in three hours, motherfucker. Well, oh shit. <laughs> so I got time to finish my chicken salad, dude. Oh, yeah. They take them away, and yeah. he goes, "Have a good night, man. Thanks for doing that." But you know, this is pretty common. I went, well, can you put me in a different room though? Like, we're all there's no other rooms. So the, the next one I have to go down to fire and, and fight to get in the house. So I'm sitting there all night just waiting for this dude. Like, what the fuck, man? What? They never came the no next morning. Kidding. Like, Shab, uh, you know your tape was broke. And I'm like, look at the look at the camera. I swear to God, <laughs> check the replay. Yeah, they yeah. checked all of it. They cleared me. Went in the house. Fought like three days later. Won my fight. It was crazy. Man. Wow, that's insane. Insane, man. Couldn't couldn't <laughs> couldn't give you another room. 
Nothing. Couldn't give you like. Didn't give a fuck. And you're like, oh yeah, the the freaking uh, neck tattooed pimp is is, is going to come back, and you're keeping me locked down Nothing. in the exact same area. They Dude, did not care. I thought. I've like seen some shit by being on a New Kids on the Block concert cruise <laughs> and playing Wolverine at Universal Studios. You crawled under a uh, bullet fanfare and almost yeah. getting killed by a pimp and the prostitute. I was trying to be a white knight. See what happens? <laughs> Dude, fuck, how, are fuck those these hoes? <laughs> They're not loyal. I hear that. These hoes are not loyal. <laughs> Is are those types of experiences like I mean, I'm sure you've got like pages on pages of uh experiences like that. Like how 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 often are ones like that like are you reminded of or like uh, or that you like pocket away for being like man when my kids old enough like yeah, which I, one's gonna be the go to I don't know yeah. I don't know I just think of them like I'm like I just when, you know it's rare you think back on your past like I'm so busy moving forward what's next we forget next? so many of the experiences we have yeah, and then somebody yeah. else at least in my you guys experience, bring it up yeah. you know, I even talked about the ultimate fighter forever so we brought it up I'm like fuck the ultimate fighter the house, I have stories about the house but that was what I remember most I'm like fuck remember oh, yeah, sure. Pimp? yeah I was getting remember killed by pimp? a pimp <laughs> Remember when you almost didn't make it? I killed by the pimp because trying to save the chick, dude. Pimp, bad idea, dude. That's when like you 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 hear things go on like uh like if if, if you're sleeping in your bed and whatever neighborhood and you hear noises outside, you're like, you know what? No. Yeah. (laughs) This is why my brother goes. This why you keep your ass in your room. He's like, fuck whatever anyone's doing. You're too nosy, trying to be Superman. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Wait. So you go into the house after that. Go in the house where it's sixteen dudes. You're fighting. You know the la- the last two earn a contract, mm-hmm. and so you, there's three fights in the house. You have to win all three fights to get to the finale. Yeah. And I ended up getting to the finale against against Roy, Roy Nelson. Nelson, earning my contract. I had three fights at the time. Roy had fucking thirty former world champ. I had no business fighting him. Most commissions went sanctioned that fight. Roy's a phenomenal fighter, by the way. Dude, Roy Nelson. For, for anyone not familiar with fighting, me, go, go, there's there's so Google much. Google this man. I know a handful of guys. You being one of them, and then like, but I had to like go back and like YouTube a lot of your fights for and sure. like, dude. Yeah. I mean, already had the utmost respect. Now I'm just like, man, I gotta fucking. Anytime I'm in even a remote amount of danger, I gotta have fucking Brendan Shaw on speed. Call dial. me, man. Yeah. Unless it's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> that's your kryptonite. Yeah. Is is there a pimp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I my that's my only man. thing. God damn it! Why? That's yes, there is. Yeah. yeah, that's my thing. Because <laughs> like, okay, because like Roy Nelson. When you see Roy Nelson. The, the the word athlete never enters your brain when that's you see fight, Roy that's Nelson because he's he's this about the, this six, the belly the big yeah. belly dude yeah he's what six two six three uh, maybe, six, maybe six foot he yeah. looks like Rod Beck the old reliever yeah yeah, yeah. But, but then he for but, but then but yeah but then he's got the belly he's got he's got the facial hair but dude is like like dude is the definition of quick your, fat yeah quick fat your old nickname. Yeah. Like, Quick he, right. yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the best knockout artists of UFC history. Yeah, he's ridiculous. I mean, it's... now what's the difference between a, a knockout artist and a subway sandwich artist? <laughs> Not much. Yeah, <laughs> not much. But, Both are slinging that salami. Yes, Both knocking but, out of the park. Yes. <laughs> Especially if that bread's stale for a few days. Oh man, that Wait, can get hard. That what, can knock you right we, the fuck out. We watched that clip. Is that? I mean, Which you one? have a lot of amazing oh, highlights. That oh, I mean, yeah, what yeah. is? And is it also one of those things where you can't even talk about it because it's get like knocked out? Like a non flashback? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't have a problem talking. Why well, I want to hear both sides. It, it knocking out feels and like getting a, knocked out. It, it feels like a different lifetime. Like, I'm most, when people bring it up, like, dude, remember, fight, or like the other night, they had one of my uh, uh, fights playing on Fox, and I was mm. watching, like, who the Whoa. fuck is that guy? Who is that guy? That's going to be weird. It's so weird. I yeah. remember, but then when I see it, I remember what I was thinking. I remember the, that week. You ready. go right back to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and I, I, I shut down. I shut down. But uh, Wait, why? 
I, it, was, it was so intense, man. I'm not a natural born fighter. I'm not a mean guy. I mean, yeah. you can bring yeah, it up. Yeah, you're the sweetest, not, one of the sweetest dudes I've ever met. Dude, I'm not I, at all. I'm, I'm just not. I was just really athletic. I hit, you know, I hit the, the UFC at the right time, so I got really far. I was ranked in the top 10, but. What it, would you do to yourself pre fight to, uh, to push Sweet Brendan Schaub out of the way? And channel the recess king. I was <laughs> the recess king was all good because it was football, basketball, baseball, yeah, 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 fighting. Yeah. It was like I, I literally had to just look at it as a, like a competition, and I would keep telling myself like, just be the better athlete, like do this, do yeah. this, do this. Mm-hmm. You're smarter than this guy, so I would hype myself up that way. It wasn't like a venomous like I need to go out for blood. Fuck no, never. Some guys do that yeah. though, right? A lot, and they, they're pretty successful. Like my one of my. Uh, huge downfalls was I, I, I cared, like I didn't hate anyone I fought anyone I fought win or lose I'd go back in the locker room talk to them like mm-hmm. make sure they're alright yeah they were like what the fuck are you doing back there I'm like how you feeling man because <laughs> some of them are so aggressive to hype like I heard Ronda Rousey was quoted as saying like when I go out there to fight I'm trying to turn vaginas vaginas into penises that's so I'm intense. joking no she didn't say <laughs> no, that but, <laughs> but like that, I'm, the thing to, to your point that's not something that would surprise me like, really? a lot of those guys are like that but yeah. there's a, like I have don't get me wrong I have friends in the fight business but all my friends are comedians, yeah. actors. Like I'm not. That's the best. Yeah, but yeah, that, and that even whole, that and whole even testosterone stuff doesn't. Even before, I never. Yeah, like, I, I can't relate to that world. Like they're like, man, I can't wait to fuck this guy. I'm like, huh? I'm dreading it. How many days away? You know, like, and I had a way bigger fight than those guys. I'm like, oh, oh fuck, is it coming up? Oh my god. So you would be, would you befriend them before or after? You can't do it before because you have that's just the competitive. It was nature. just a comp- competition to me. Yeah. it's no different than football or running. But afterwards, you had no problem being like, yo, man, good fight. Like, zero. Grab a steak? Z- it, literally, you name someone, everyone I taught, even Travis Brown, who we had our horrible issues before. You know, he's dating my former girl, and so I went mm-hmm. to him back and I was like, damn, man, great fight. You know, I hope I hope you didn't take any of that personal. Like I was trying to. Sell tickets. Were they thrown off when you were doing that? You know, with him, I felt like he, he you know, he was just like, oh, he was like, we're good, man, we're good. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but the, also the thing is, is like we went through this this experience together. Only the two of us know what it took to get here. The two of us fought. You won, man. So as far as a fighter, you're the better fighter tonight. There's there should be no ego, no animosity. Like, yeah, you won, brother. Like, well, then, yeah, then, and especially with fighting, it it, it just seems like. That's why I love fighting, wrestling, anything like that, because it's just it's pure sport. Yeah. It, it, it's pure, you know. The, there, there's no well, his foot may have been on the line. It's no, it's no like was that a foul? It's just it's did, pretty black and white. And yeah, com- and comedy's not. Yeah, comedy's did, not black and white. No, it's really not. Like, don't get me wrong, funny's funny, but there's there's different. Like I said, someone might like your comedy but hate his. So right. it's just, but in fighting, it's like, well, no, no, no. I I punch him in the face. He got knocked out. It's very black and white. He yeah, won. he's out. He, yeah. yeah, I mean now when because you see all these fights and you see the lead up and you see the press conferences and the guys hating on each other. I mean now that you're out of the game, how much of that is like we got to sell tickets and how much of that oh, is bro. genuine animosity towards each other? Before Conor McGregor came along, I'd say yeah. it was a hundred percent real. Wow! Once Conor McGregor came along and changed the game, yeah, for good and bad. But people yep. realize how much money he demands now, how much money he's getting, how big of a, he's the biggest star we've ever had. Yeah. Now, like I watched this press conference uh, for the UFC World Tour, and everyone's trying to mimic Conor McGregor, and it was a shit show. I think it's bad for the sport because now guys are they're forcing themselves to be these personalities, which they're not. They're, right. They're just not in it. They're it, it makes like, it look really gimmicky, man. Yeah, it's trying to like force pro wrestling into it. It almost. looks like WWE. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're making these fights that are more entertainment than what should actually be done. They're they're going down a tricky, tricky road. It's so funny because like it, it it seems like wrestling. It, it seems like pro wrestling is trying to be more like UFC, or toward they like try to make it real and have guys train like yeah. do more 
quote unquote authentic moves. And then it seems like UFC is trying to be more WWE, trying to get flashier, well, trying bl- to have characters. They're blaring the lines because yeah. Well, the, remember Brock Lesnar was the first one kind of blared the lines. He was the <laughs> WWE champ. He came from the UFC and he's an actual monster. And then CM Punk goes, that looks cool. I want to try that. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, like, he (laughs) went in and got destroyed. Yeah, because, like, if if I don't care what kind of athlete you are, like, I mean, people forget, like, Brock was an NC2A champion. Like, like, freak. Training camp, Minnesota Vikings almost made the squad. Yeah, just a genetic specimen. And then, so, you can't be like, well, I've taken a, I've thrown a few punches. I'm a pretty tough guy. Like, no, CM Punk, like, He's on that challenge show for MTV with it's like the pros versus Joes. Yeah. He got destroyed by like the Joes. Yeah, he's just, he's just your regular dude. Yeah, but he's a hell of a showman and he's great on the mic. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter in the UFC. UFC. Does not work like that. Doesn't matter. You get you get knocked the fuck out. So you think like now like Connor's kind of made everyone go, oh, I should do something like that. Uh, it's a tricky road, man. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, but like if you're a purist, it's not good. Like, what was anyone ever coming to you before your fights and being like, hey, man, can you like? Talk some shit about his wife or like dude. never, never. No. They didn't need to. Like my, I always liked like the press conferences and building up the fight. And I always felt like if I was on the poster, I was you know screwed over. Like I always wanted to be the focal point of the fight, so mm-hmm. I couldn't do enough interviews. And that's how I got good at podcasting because before I got to podcast, meeting Brian Callen, I did interviews for football. I did all these interviews for a fight. Like oh, no shit. The PR team at UFC was like, Shab's our guy to do interviews. Dope. Like, so I'd That's fly great. out wherever and just do all this mic talk, radio shows. And you loved stop. it. Love it. Yeah. I can talk yeah. all day. Let's go, man. So when, but then when they're like, you know you have to fight coming up, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> that You're part. Like, I like talking about <laughs> yeah, it. I love fight talking. Yeah. How about I just talk him out of it? Yeah, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. I'll talk him down. So, so. No, no, the first ever talk out of a fight in the ring. <laughs> Let me talk to him yeah. for a second. <laughs> So, like, when you go into the Ultimate Fighter house and you see all the cameras, is that you going, like, oh, this is going to be fun? Like, the cameras didn't make you nervous at all? That's a little different because it's a 16-man tournament, and uh-huh. I knew, like, I had to be so serious there. And especially when I got in the house, I knew that was my path to become world champion. Like, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I thought I was going to be world champion, the best in the world. And that house kind of... Uh, f- confirmed that because I realized these guys mentally were breaking down in the house, not being around their family, not getting breaks, and yeah. I was flourishing. Like it was tough, but I had a journal. Mm-hmm. I was having fun making jokes with the guys. Yeah. I'd go talk to Kimbo Slice. I like it was a great time for me, Dude. and I was winning fights. Like things was things were good, and I knew if I just focused for those six weeks, I was, you were kind of set up, man. So when these guys were bitching out, I was like, oh my god, right? So so you kind of you kind of flourished under that. Yeah, I liked it, and you understood like, oh, this is this, this is, is entertainment, my shot. and it, but it's also my shot. Yeah, because you get, I mean, I mean the the people that have launched from that show all the seasons are just, I mean, hell, one of the current champions, uh, Bisbing, Bisbing, yeah, TJ Dillashaw, like, there's a lot of guys who are killing out. But now the show's a little different. But our season, biggest ratings of all time. But well, because after it, season yeah. fourteen, it's really it, the ratings suck. Cause, yeah, because actually, your season is the last one I remember because uh, because Kimbo was in it. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I want to see if this YouTube sensation. I think that's when I first started yeah. really pay attention to UFC. I mean, I think I'd always seen. It's such a social thing, you know, to like watch fights. Like people just like the dude thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but that guy was right. He wasn't a bum fighter, was he? he was no, just a Kim- Kimbo was like a, he was a YouTube sensation. And this is my argument, and this might be way too much for your listeners than I know MMA, but no way. Kimbo Slice is on my Mount Rushmore for mixed martial arts because he he. I remember Kimbo when I was in high school. People were like, dude, you got to see this 
fucking guy beating guys up in these barbecues in Miami. Yeah. He's getting paid for it and he loves it. And he has the ex- you couldn't fucking draw a character that looked better than nope. a backyard. Like he looked exactly how you thought of a backyard <laughs> right. fight. Also he- exactly like if you were to say like, hey, Kimbo Slice is gonna be there. You'd be like, oh that black guy with the fro? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right. large like, dude, dude, gold teeth, chains, huge muscle, huge, huge wife beater. Like yeah, he looked just, the part. His right. style also seemed very unorthodox. Is that he, just me? He was just he was just heavy handed. Like yeah. he's exactly what you would write if you're writing a script, a mm-hmm. backyard brawler from Miami, gold chains, gold teeth. So he, when he comes on the house and you get all these viewerships, yeah, they didn't. They, and I said this at uh, his um, his uh, they, we did a dedication episode because yeah. he passed yeah, away. Right? Yeah. So I did this dedication episode to him for Spike, and his story never got told because in the house, I they show they show a clip when he walks in. I thought they're gonna bring in Chuck Liddell or someone world famous yeah. fighter because mm-hmm. Dana White walks in and goes, I don't know if you guys realize there's only 15 of you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. This next guy is coming in. He has something to say, and I'm thinking it's gonna be Fedor. It's just some sure. monster. They're bringing Kimbo. The camera's panned to me, and I go, "Oh fuck this guy!" And that's how the audience knew me first. They went, "Oh wow. shit!" The shop saying, "Fuck this guy." Yeah. So I went, and it, it literally put in caption, "Oh fuck this guy." <laughs> and so I just knew Kimbo from the YouTube video. Yeah. Right. Then we're at the house. Kimbo is the nicest person I've ever met in my life. What? The, a family man that just doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink, just this. He was my go-to in the house. I would talk to him. He'd tell me these great stories. And he'd by the me, way, he used to work on porn sets, too. Like Still he, did. He was security for, yeah. Icy, for Icy Mike, who's his best friend in high school, yeah. who, who owns uh, Reality Kings. Yeah. So, so, it, yeah. So to me, that's what is that? Time. I don't no, definitely no. haven't bought a password for What is that? <laughs> um, Reality Kings? What is uh, that? Like the Kardashians? It sounds like the show about the Kings of Recess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, they, yeah, maybe uh, different, different districts. Yeah, but different. That, just to wrap that tough talk, but that that was literally when uh, I was like, oh, I can't judge a book by its cover. You can, I mean, one of the best of all time. Yo, there was a definite, by the way, backyard brawler. I mean, if that's not the name of the the movie about his life, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm only hearing uh, a, a few details of it. But it sounds like, I mean, that's incredibly compelling. His story's insane. If you, if you wrote his story and sent it to Hollywood, they're like, this is no one's gonna believe this. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, and people love these fighting movies. Why? I mean, that seems like that should you should oh, fucking I'd tackle that for sure. I, I imagine that and, someone's writing the script. And the, yeah, the the, the thing. Now, did he have – now, your response of fuck this guy, do you do you, you think that was echoed throughout the fighting community because they thought, yes. like, he was just, yes. like, a, like, like, a fake fighter? Yeah. So everyone went, oh, I like this guy's shop. Then, yeah. But then a lot of people went, oh, he's super cocky. Like, when I was fighting, everyone was like, oh, I don't like shop. He's too cocky and arrogant. Mm-hmm. But I'm not cocky and arrogant. You're watching a countdown show on Fox or wherever on Spike – that I'm getting ready to fight Krokop, Ben Rothwell, No Garrett, the toughest fighters in the world. Yeah. I'm not going to be the most outgoing, friendly personality. No. I have to talk about fighting, and they're setting me, they're tossing these softballs up where I have to talk about how I'm going to beat them, what I mm-hmm. think of them. You know, so that's where people are like, oh, Shab's arrogant, but I wasn't arrogant. It's a <laughs> goddamn fight. Now I have a question because now you've been you, you're you're a comedian, podcaster now, f- uh, fighter back then. Which fans were more annoying, <laughs> comedy fans or fight fans? Not even close. What it's is not it? even close. What is it? Fight fans. Now, is it just every time you go out, it's like you're not like are people challenging you? Do never. Pe- okay, no so- one's ever challenged me ever when I've been out. It's the vibe okay. you put off, but also the fight fans like 
for whatever reason, I guess because they see you punch guys in the face, they, they'll grab you. Like, oh, what's up, Shab? Or they'll yeah. punch me. And I hate being touched by people I don't know who does. Yeah. It. yeah. So me they, too, they man. Grab me, shake me, and it's so like like oh fuck, man, and it's so intense. Yeah. With comedy, especially podcast fans are the best in the world because they know me. They they're literally they're, they're down to earth. They know everything. <laughs> They've about hung me. out in a room with you. Essentially. Yeah, it's all good. Like, yeah. It's not weird when you meet comedy or podcast fans. It's yeah. the best, man. Oh, okay. Uh, I do want to go back real good quick, and then we'll uh, um, transition. But uh, so getting knocked out versus knocking someone out out. So it's all the same. So yeah. like when you knock out, when I knocked out Crow Cop, you really I don't I like his. Fa- I've never seen a fa- like that shit's crazy to me, man. Like he goes, it's like the sweet spot. Like literally, you don't like a rag you don't, doll. You don't even feel it. You don't you don't you don't feel nothing. Just it feels right. Next thing you know, he's out. Are you Get trained knocked to- out? You don't you you remember just a, a, a little speck of it, but you don't feel anything. You feel nothing. Really? No, wow. you wake up and it's like what happened? Ah, oh, fuck. No, because you almost learn the results of the fight. Oh, you have no idea after it happened. Yeah, you have no idea. Did I win? Oh, I didn't. It's like Tommy Lee Jones hit you with one of those Men in Black things. One hundred percent. Because they they had the camera over you as you were on the ground. They took your mouth guard out, and then you you kind of. You kind of looked like somebody just told you that Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen were two people. <laughs> For real, you know, <laughs> you're really like, wait, what happened? You're like no. Michelle Tanner's one person, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michelle Tanner. Yeah, no, for reals. It's a. You, you're Do they literally... train you on the sweet spot of like? No, no. no you no. just it's shit happens. Yeah, because I mean, now when they say like some guy got hit right on the button, is it like literally just like you can tag someone in the right spot and then just they're behind, out behind the ear, the temple, yeah. really, you know, the the job, the. People think that you hit them in the jaw when they say it has a weak jaw. It's not that. It's the snapping of your head that knocks you out. It's the brain snapping. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you're so like almost... when you, if you punch someone directly in the forehead, it's gonna fuck your hand up. Yeah. Uh, on the face, I it's usually the you know the jaw because you want to snap their head or behind the ear. Like right behind the ear is a sweet spot. No kidding. If you, if you guys listen, if you guys, if you just hit yourself behind the ear, you'll get dizzy. Just barely do it. For me, it's uh, under the knee and right inside the dick hole. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either it's out. For, for fighting and for pleasure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so you said, though, that you didn't have any... You, there was nothing about uh, uh, adolescent Brennan Schaub that was like... Like, you you didn't get into fights, like, at the playground or, like, I'll meet you in the parking lot at five. Never. You put, like, never. None if, of that. If you would have uh, did a poll of all my friends and family growing up when I was 10, if they said, hey, Brennan's going to be a UFC fighter or the next Brennan's in the United States, I would assume most of them would vote President of the United wow. States. Wow. That far. Never yeah, fighting. Never. Because I would say like what percentage of, like, Kimbo Slice and, and Conor McGregor, these guys, like, Probably did have some of that in them at an early age, yeah. Yeah, they grew the guys up, who were yeah they grew up a little rougher. They grew up fighting, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't grow up privileged. You know, I, had, I got in some fights. I grew up with an older brother, but never, never. Yeah. I was always scared of fighting men. And I had a big brother where if you mess with me, good luck with him. He's the fighter, <laughs> not me. Now you want to see a goddamn therapist at twelve? <laughs> not me. I was flourishing with friends, having a good time. Now you say you're in footballs. <laughs> you say you're so timid to, or like uh, you know somewhat like apprehensive to like to do it, like saying like I'd rather talk out of it. But like now that you've been through all of it, do you feel like if any situation comes your way, you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I know how to handle my. Like I might not want to engage, but I know that I'm like almost like in stand up. Like the more you. Uh, gigs you do that, sure. like the bigger the venues you yeah. get, you go. Oh, cool! It's just a, it's just another gig. Yeah, mm. uh, that's fair to say. And I don't really, I don't really think about. It. I think more. I realize that 
let's say we didn't know each other and we got to fight outside. I know if I punch you in the face, the repercussions of it. I know if you fall down and hit your head on the ground, I've seen that. I know if I kick you in the face, what's going to happen. I know if I choke you out, what's going to happen. So, you know, if you uh, kick me in the dick hole, I'm going to laugh you're and, gonna, come, and come and yeah. cry. I told you that's my sweet spot. <laughs> so I, I think I'm just more, more aware. Like I've seen these repercussions. So yeah. I'm, I'm way less likely in a fight than anyone else. Yeah. Way well, I know if I punch you, we might both be in trouble because I might break my hand. You're going to break your jaw. You're sure. out for six months. I have to go to rehab. I have to get surgery. I don't want to deal with well, that. that and you, Over what? Because you cut me off? What's wrong? Yeah. By the way, if we could stage a fight in my apartment, that would make me look so cool in front of my landlord. Yeah, can be, and she's yep. this Polish lady that is not happy with me right now <laughs> because I smoke a little weed in here and I have pool toys on my balcony, which you are strictly prohibited against. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so, and also, you know that if you get into a fight, then whatever judge is going to be like oh you're a trained weapon you should know to like but also as a grown man who gets in fights these days what the (laughs) fuck i got a kid man you know yeah i I don't have time for this shit also you would have to slap my girl or my kid for me to fight Well, that's what i was gonna say anything else like it's not happening yeah for what well in the legal battles and all right and and because you you know you're a celebrity and it's like that shit like people like you know there are dudes out there that like will purposely you know bump into you at a bar just to fucking like oh what are you gonna do punch me in the face Brendan Schaub so yeah. that I sue you and make some cash you're like dude you got that scripted out shit <laughs> you know right, I, you know, yeah, yeah yeah now you mentioned that yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean as your stock rises I feel like that's you know dude I mean I, you know I just hear about that from other I've friends. never had a problem I also don't go out like I, you know I really I go to dinners yeah. but I really I'm never out I don't drink and your out places are comedy clubs and people are in a good mood and want to see you and they're not trying to and I'm around uh, surrounded by friends yeah so yeah because like when Cal in a fight someone before me really 100%. <laughs> well i mean he'll he has be, something to prove I think. yeah he'll do it yeah. just to prove himself like sure i'm 50 but i'm still limber real kidding <laughs> that guy just asked for your autograph yeah. like, he's just yeah. dying to get it out now when you're now when you're in the ufc you always talk about like uh like i i, I see in the nfl they always have like the players getting in trouble and in the ufc you have what's going on with the john bones yeah and like were the, did they did they have any classes to teach you, like, hey, this is how you don't fuck up? Like, do they... Uh, they, they had, like, uh, and they just had it recently. They have these things called the Athletes Retreat, uh-huh. where it's basically so the UFC can check off, like, see, we told them not to hit girls and do drugs and crash cars into poles and right. fuck strippers. You know, right, like, right, 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 look, right. we told them it's literally a three-day retreat <laughs> just so they can check it off. But yeah. at the end of the day, also, as, as much as we want to glorify this, say, hey, it's just like the NFL or NBA, like, it's a sport. They're fighters, man. Yeah. And if you look at the domestic violence, and listen, I'm, I a, saw guy, that real I'm a guy who sticks thing. up for fighters, but you look yeah. at domestic violence yeah. and the statistics of domestic violence in mixed martial arts compared to other sports, like there's an issue. You don't get into fighting because you're really good at throwing footballs and, you know, and doing other things. You get into fighting because, you, A, you have no other options. Mm-hmm. B, you actually like to fight, which, you know, says a lot about someone. Yeah. C, you know, you, you grew up with a super rough b- background and it's all you know, you know, like – Fighting, you know, fighting's fighting. It always will be fighting. Yeah, and do guys just have that switch? And like, once it's flipped, like, does I don't think it, I don't think that's fair. I I think you know whether you know take a guy like uh, War Machine, who's yeah. kind of the poster boy of being sure. fucking morons. Right. You know, for him to hit Christy Mack, I don't know if you've seen Christy Mack's no. work, but how dare you? He, uh, how dare, I the porn star Christy Mack. Yeah. Uh, for, you know this story. I, no, should I, look I it up? know it. For for I'll briefly summarize. There's a, a Brad knows a, every porn star story there is. You're damn right I do. Well, this uh, one, this <laughs> one's this one's good. Yeah, like uh, 
Christy Mack is this tattooed porn star. She's great. And then she ended up dating a fighter who's legally changed his name to War Machine. Maybe not the best idea there. And uh, Based he, on what? Uh, uh, he's a War Machine. Okay. L- look at him. And, uh, yeah, one, uh, apparently he was hitting her, and that was bad. And then one night in specific, he just went into a rage and uh, sent her to the hospital. What? And now, he tried killing her. Yeah, he tried, he tried to kill her. And uh, War Machine got convicted, and now he's, like, uh, going away for... God knows how long. He's like twelve life sentences because killing and all this stuff. Yeah, he's it's intense. When they yeah. give life sentences that are like more, like twelve, that's I mean, isn't it like hey man, how about four? Like either <laughs> how about one? Also, well, why, why keep going? Like after life, we got it, but then yeah. they come back the next day and it's uh, you're in prison for 178 years. <laughs> I mean, at it's that like, point, it's almost like, it's like are you trying to set a Guinness Book weird? of World Record for the judge being like, you know, I shouldn't have, like, they're at the fucking tilted weird? kilt, and he's like, I shouldn't have got away of a guy for 400 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fucking crazy, because it's also impossible. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. that's how fucking I roll, man. Well, yeah, man. Un- unless Super he's a Buddhist, funny. and then he, like, comes back, and he's reincarnated, and now it's like, okay, when you get when you get reincarnated, we throw that guy in prison yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> that, to me, is the only rationale, because why would you go longer, like, if they're yeah. 50, and you're like, you're going away for a hundred years. Yeah, great, man. Again, 35 is probably sufficient. You mean life? Like, yeah. just, why just do we life. keep doing this? Isn't it weird? Yeah, yeah. just say life until they die. So, yeah, good. But, but he's my, my point was is with War Machine, whether it's <laughs> it's not fair to say, ah, well, he's a fighter. This is how they roll. If War Machine did anything, if, if he worked at Kinko's, if he was at Starbucks, if he was in the NFL, right. NBA, he's that guy. That's a trait. It's not fair to say that traits with fighters. So, so you just a, think that guy's yeah. an asshole no matter what he did. Yeah, these, these guys are are angry and they're aggressive and they're more likely to do st- stuff like this but it's like they just found the right sort of avenue to where they can get paid with that aggression. Uh, some, yeah, I guess. But also, lines. you know, if, if a trained fighter hits someone, it's it's going to show up a little more than if you know, bit. your barista at fucking Starbucks slaps you around. Yeah. You and, never had any of those jobs, by the way, did you? Like a star- I was a janitor when I was 16. What? At Albertsons. Yeah, we talked about this That's a little right. Bit. We talked yeah. about it in your podcast. I was podcast. a janitor. We didn't get too deep into it. No. Because I could talk Albertsons <laughs> literally, and I've never said that sentence before, but I could talk fucking Albertsons for a oh, long time. Oh, How long were you there again, though, for? Uh, about a year. Okay. Yeah, see, I was there for four years, but a, a year is enough time to, to soak up. Uh, I did soak a year the- stretch. A year stretch. <laughs> what was your favorite part about working in a grocery store? Other than I was a up. janitor, man. Oh, you know what? The free magazine and candies. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be free, and one of the reasons I got fired. But to me, it was free. <laughs> me too. Yeah, actually, you, I just assume like, well, you're not paying me that much. Yeah, I like, fuck you guys. I can at least take a tiger beat or whatever the hell you guys are reading. <laughs> tiger, tiger beat, nice. Let me catch up on Andrew Keegan and yeah. fucking Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> but also, it was uh, mine was I'm sure all I was was a union. So I get my yeah. paycheck be like seven dollars for the week. Like Dude. union took sixty seven dollars this week. Isn't that what crazy? The fuck? I'm sixteen. I'm 16, I what can't survive on this. Shit? Yeah, that's right. why I'm stealing fucking I'm not, fruit pies yeah. and deodorants. I'm not going to meetings. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't it was care, weird, man. That was a terrible job. Terrible job. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Now, I don't think anybody. And I'm. I, I mean, what is the day in and day out of a janitor at a grocery store? Like, you go in, they say, oh, yeah. "All right, man, here's the mop. Like, look for shit." Like, or well, no, you got to mop the entire place. But then also, it's a big store, the big big ass store. At Six a.m. You got to pick out the cigarette butts out of the cigarette ashtrays. Oh yeah, all the ashtrays. Oh Got to clean the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Three, four times a day. It was a it was horrible. So, I'm pretty safe to say you probably have a housekeeper now. You're like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag rich as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you, you texted us at one thing. 
I feel like you're a big hashtag guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, just, it, just, but hashtag professional. Professional. Fuck. Yeah. Hashtag professional. <laughs> yeah. You, guys, you, you sure you make the podcast? Like, yeah. I haven't missed podcasts in five years. Wow, hashtag dude. professional. I, I love Wait, that. Wait, so janitor, and then that was, and then after that, it was. That, and then, you know, college football. Yeah. College, you have those odd jobs. Yeah, yeah. But I was yeah. also a Division one football player, so yeah. you got your per diem, stuff like that. Fuck. Man. Now, when did you know at your fighting career, like, I'm done? Like, when did you know, like, I can't, I'm out? It was kind of, you know, whether you believe in a higher being or not, it was kind of like uh, I've seen all these signs. So, you know, I met Brian Callen. He's, we decided to start doing podcasts. I, had known, I didn't know what podcast was until I met Brian Callen. And, you know, we just started doing it once a week. And mm-hmm. then I was fighting at the time, and it was good for me to get stuff off my chest, just talk about life. And then... Um, How did you know Callen prior to this? I was a coach on Ultimate Fighter 14. They brought Brian in to make the guys laugh. And he was from L.A. And he was like, come to my show tonight. And I was like, man, I, I don't know anyone in L.A. I'm actually moving there next week. He's like, where are you moving? I go, Venice. He goes, I'm in Santa Monica. Take my number. And so. Friendliest guy ever. Friendliest guy ever. Yeah. Loves fighting. A little yeah. too obsessed. Well, I was like, God, is he gay? <laughs> so, so I had his number. And I drove. Uh, I sold everything in Colorado. Drove to L.A. I'm in this house. Sitting there, I just start crying because I have no friends. I love being around people. I have no friends. I don't, I don't know anyone. Start, yeah. dude. And people so, don't realize starting completely fresh is terrifying. It's the most scariest thing for I've anybody. Done. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. I started crying. I'm like, I gotta figure something out. So I text Brian like, "Hey, you around?" And l- answered way too quick. <laughs> yeah, what's up? I was like, Jesus. Christ. Yeah, why are you crying? Yeah, yeah, why are you crying? You need me come over to your 25 Avenue. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And he goes, "This how are you texting in your voice? Yeah, I don't understand how that's yeah, working." Yeah. And so I met him for coffee the next day, and he goes, uh, "Hey, come over tomorrow, meet the family, man, and uh, let's do a podcast." And so I went on his, the Brian Callen show, yeah. had eight, mm-hmm. seven listeners, and uh, <laughs> not doing well. And, uh, Need a little shop upgrade. Need yeah. a little shop in his life. And uh, we had this weird chemistry, and he goes, man, it went really well. People dig it. We should do one together. And I didn't know what it was, and you know, the rest is history. But we Dude. started doing it in his house, and I go, uh, yeah, I go what are we going to call it, though, man? And he goes, uh, let's see. Well, I'm the kid. You're the fighter. <laughs> and he goes, we'll call it the fighter and the kid. I went, well, the, the kid, you're 44 years old, bro. And he goes, yeah, but that's I'm, what they call me, the kid. I go, who calls you the kid? <laughs> well, and I call goes, myself that. Yeah, he me, goes, me and people I demand. <laughs> Dude, after he was like, oh, that's just what they named me on set. Pan, like, a few years later, I go, who the fuck came up with the kid? He goes, I gave myself that name. <laughs> he goes, no one calls me that. He goes, I actually got it from an old movie. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, my nickname is Big Dick Midget. Right? Okay, yeah, just roll with that. I'm just going to like demand, well, uh, so from now on, the About Last Night podcast yeah. is Big Dick Midget and the Jew. Uh, that's <laughs> you can just do bad. whatever you want. Yeah, so Brian and I started uh, the podcast, and then I was training full time, and... Um, and you, you were just slowly, like this podcast slowly started gaining momentum, gain momentum, and then yeah. all these things happened that gave me a voice to talk about on the show. And then, and you're not I'm, doing it for, you're just doing it for fun because it's like, oh, I made money. a buddy, and it's not like, making any money. Yeah. I just yeah. want to meet Brian. We're doing. I was garage at the time. It's something to keep you busy. Feet. Yeah, yeah, it was cool to hang out with a friend. I didn't yeah. know anyone, and then walking through the airport and people are recognizing because of the podcast and. 
uh, I had this big sponsor offered me to, the, all this money to walk out in their sponsor shirt. And I'm like, well, no, I made this fight in the kitchen. It says Epic Candy Fight Club because it was like Chris D'Elia, mm-hmm. our mutual friend Chris, yep. Will Sasso, Brian, myself. And uh, we were sitting around at dinner and we're like, what are we going to call it? You know, what's our click name? I'm like, what the fuck? Why do we need a click name? Just, <laughs> let's hang out. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, because Abbott Kenny, we always stroll Abbott, Abbott Kenny Fight Club. And I made these shirts and that was kind of our thing. And then mm-hmm. people loved it. So I turned down this money. I was like, oh, I'm just going to, this can be funny. I'm going to do it for my friend. So I, I wore it out to the fight when I fought Matt Mitrione. I wore an Abbott Kenny Fight Club shirt. And then on my sponsor, like the big banners, yeah, the, yeah. The, the fight was on last night. You see a giant, the Fighter and the Kid podcast. It was the first podcast in the UFC. Wow. Yeah, wow. So I just was like, I don't want the money. I, my friends, they're going to love this when they see this. <laughs> yeah. And then it just started to take game momentum. And then it, there, all these signs were pushing me like, dude, quit fucking fighting. Yeah. Do this. Do this. And yeah. This the is, show started. We avenue. started to monetize the show. And next thing I know, I looked at my paycheck for fighting this guy compared to the things I was doing in entertainment. I was mm-hmm. like, it, this way less bruises. And I had, I had no desire to be in TV or uh, comedy doing stand up. It just got, it just. Yeah, how did that. Did somebody. It was a count that kind of was like, all right, man, like super comfortable on the mic. Like you've been on the stage. Callen, uh, probably a year after meeting him, I, I, brought him, I was like, hey, I'm in training camp. Come to uh, camp with me. So I'm getting my hands wrapped, and he's seeing I'm fighting. I'm, I have to spar this huge monster where if he knocked me out, he got an extra $500. His goal is to knock me out, and he gets $500 extra dollars if he does it. Yeah. And he walks in by and goes, who the fuck is that? I go, that's my training partner, man. He goes, you have to spar him today? I go, Yes. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, you're the worst right now. Never come back. Here <laughs> yeah. And I was telling a story in front of all like the, the, my coach and stuff like that. And Brian goes, hey, you know you're going to do stand-up, right? And I go, you're fucking crazy. But my, I'm about to get knocked out. I can't do stand-up. He goes, no, I'm telling you, one day you're going to do stand-up. So we all laughed at it. And then he had the idea to do the Firing Kid live, a live mm-hmm. performance. Because I go, a live podcast is going to suck, man. And he goes, I know. That's why we're going to do performance. And before our show, it was in, in Ontario, in t- Ontario or Irvine, I forget. Okay. Sold out show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian goes, hey, and this is literally three days before. He goes, we're going to start the show. I just want you to go out there by yourself. We're not both going to go on. You go out by yourself. I just want you to tell a story. You, you great at telling stories. You can do that. You go, yeah, I can tell stories all day. He goes, yeah, let's do that. Pan year later, we're at sold out theater in Chicago, Vic. And I look at Brian and go, hey, um, what do you think of my story? He goes, Oh, you're set. You're worried about your set tonight. And it's literally, you know, right before we're about to go. And it, and I go set. No, my story goes. Oh, Bubba, that's cute. No, no, no. You're actually doing stand up. I just want you to shit your pants. You're actually doing stand up, man. Because <laughs> don't you see everyone's laughing at your stories all the time? I go, oh shit. And just this light bulb went off. And then uh, did more of that. Big crowds, big crowds. And I get back to L.A. and uh, someone from the comedy store uh, texts me. Goes, hey, how would you like to do it? Because I did a live finding the kid at the comedy yeah. store. Sold yeah. out. Someone's song goes, hey, uh, how would you like to do uh, a set tonight? And uh, my heart just dropped. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, really? And you could right. tell in the text, like, uh, let's relax. Yes. <laughs> you just got five minutes. Let's why, relax. Why are you sending me hashtag heart you? Like- yeah. yeah I, I was freaking out. And I and uh, it was the lady from there. I called her. And I was like, I, I can't thank you enough. This is yeah. amazing. And she's like. Dude, you did a sold out show here. Fucking yeah. chill out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. But also at the same like, time, that's your fans. And that's your like it's the fighter and the kid. That's your people. That's my like flavor. Yeah, to go up in front of people that maybe don't know who you are or, or aren't familiar with you and just hear Brendan Chobb. And oh, then fr- I this- mean my first step by myself is in the in the belly room and you know, 
Dalia's there, Rogan's there, you know, Sasso, Cal, they're all hanging in the wings there. I'm like, oh, God shit. damn. And that's a small room, so that's not like they're hiding. Like, you can see them. You can make oh, eye no, contact with them. I see Chris go. <clears throat> Here we go. You know, Chris brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, I love the fucking guy. But, yeah. You know, all of them were just like, no, nah, it was good, for, especially for the first time. Like, we started open mics. You started fucking here. Like, right. this is cool. Yeah, now, how do you, um, how is that? Like, knowing that, like, because, I mean, there's... You know, you're still putting in all the work and, and doing a lot of spots, but it's like you're not doing open mics, right? No, no, yeah. I, I, don't get it wrong. No, I, I jumped to the front. I see him punk my way into this yeah. thing. Like, I jumped to the front <laughs> of the line, you know? And, yeah. and I'm very aware, and I'm, I'm sure certain comics have issues with it. Come see me if you do, but I'm sure, I'm sure certain <laughs> unless comics. Unless you're a pimp. Yeah. yeah, unless you're a pimp, then let's <laughs> just talk like about it. Night. But no, I'm, and I'm sure they do, and they have every right. Like, even I have guys hit me up all the time. I have this, this guy in New York who's a former football player, and they're like, man, I. I'm doing stand-up now. I cringe when athletes go, I'm doing stand-up. I go, oh, yeah, God, dude. I hate that. It's like, who the fuck am I? But I, I cringe at when people sure. go, hey, uh, Blake Griffin's doing stand-up. I go, oh, God, because I know that <laughs> yeah. they're not doing stand-up. What they're doing is they're not putting the time, and they're not doing any of that. They're doing these live shows. They're sure. all, someone wrote some material for them. They get up. I see how it works, and they're reading off a script. You know, that that's not real. So I get it. So for me, uh, you know, and going back to comedy, like the comedy store is if there's a if if someone said hey what's the most special place on earth to you it'd be the comedy store it really mm-hmm. it's really? to me it's it's crazy it's so special to me man because it, it literally and I and, um I, I wrote the it's on my cell phone I wrote it down that like the date my first belly room stand up like that was such a big deal to yeah. me as a kid with Adam Sandler Jim Carrey like Dude, that was yeah. such a big deal to me man. I can't even I have the most respect. For the, uh, don't get me wrong. I love the laugh factor. They've given a huge job. Totally, all the, the comedy store to me, dude. I'm t- when I, it's fucking magical. I think it, everybody has a, a experience with uh, those clubs, but like there is something about like that club. Uh, I mean, that just, just is on another level. Something about the, the the three rooms and the way it's set up, and like for whatever reason too, I feel like I and maybe you're the same way. Like knew more of like. I heard more stories before I even got into it about oh, yeah. Jim Carrey 100%. and Jay Leno and Letterman and Pryor and Robin Williams being at the comedy store. Yes. They were all at the other ones too, but the store was like, and also just the name and like Mitzi Shore and the way that you, I just heard more stories in Kinnison. There was just a lot more history. And then same thing, man. It's like I worked phones there and like the, the first open mics I did were there. The first bringer shows I did for the first two years were there. And so now to be doing a show there and to get your name on the wall, which, you know, you know, the, the more you're doing it, it's going to happen. And then that's going to be fucking mind blowing. It's like it is cool to that there is one place because the other clubs like don't have that uh, nostalgia factor and yeah. that history factor. Like, I agree 100%. I mean, the factory has that thing out front, again, you know, with the people's pictures on it and stuff, and, and that's dope, but it's like, I don't know, Brad, what would you say about the store that it's just like that? It, it's it, there, There's just a I mean, that's why I really got to know you at the yeah. store. I mean, it's like there's... It's like Lambeau Field for football. Like, it's like Green Bay. Totally. Like, it's just like this fucking place, yeah. man, it, it, where you can, you can feel, like, you can feel the history. You can, yeah. You can feel the legends on the wall. Like, like Jim Carrey, you saying, like, knowing when I first did a, a main room spot, and the only thing that was going through my head was I'm on the same stage that fucking Jim Carrey like like really started to become Jim Carrey on and I couldn't get that out of my head oh, and I'll, like, I'll start crying if I'm in the main if I'm about to do a main room show I'm in the back and someone goes dude how crazy you're up here Jim Carrey's if you want to give me a start crying so if someone mentions that Whoa. and I realize where I'm at I'll start crying alright well you're doing my next show and so I'm going to say that for sure right dude, before you go on stage the, yeah. the other, but what's crazy <laughs> is um, the last before I started doing any performance I saw Dane Cook 
um, do a, uh, it was either left, I'm pretty sure it's a comedy store. He did a set at the comedy store. I paid tickets. I was mm-hmm. in college. I came here. My buddies wouldn't have much money. I watched Dane Cook at the time. You know, Dane Cook. This Come thing, on, right? dude. Yeah. yeah. Super. You guys know, big as it gets. As saw, big as it gets, as dude. As it, as, and the other night at the comedy store, and it went, uh, Dane Cook, myself, Rogan. I was sandwiched between them. Whoa. And Dane Cook introduced me. And I was like, I grabbed the mic and I, I was like, get your shit together, Brendan. Because I felt like crying, man. Yeah. I felt like crying. And he gave me, like, I've heard all these stories about Dane Cook. I'm like, what? He's a Dude. bad guy. He was so cool to me. Yeah, and he man. gave me the best intro I've ever had in my life. And I got the mic. He's I, a great I, dude, I literally man. hugged him and went, I love you, man. Like, straight yeah. up. Like, you're one of my heroes. Yeah. Man. that's it, It's one of the best parts about this business in, in terms of comedy where, and I, I tell people, once you get past, like, the open mic level, you're kind of... You, you're equals. Like you're all you're you're all going to the same spots. You run into everybody. The uh, uh, a guy like Dane who can sell out a basketball stadium still has to go up at the clubs. Got to put the work in. Got to put the work Doesn't in. Doesn't matter. And so like in that in that way to see you know Seinfeld go up at the Comedy Cellar, the same club where these other guys are going up. It, it's it, it, it's such a cool experience knowing that you're sharing all these moments with your heroes. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And I think. You know, I, I did the, the comments from all this stuff, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, just, it's just a special, special place, man. Yeah. What, what, uh, and I, I'm so honored. Like, I just, I, I'm a little, you know, I, I get a little bit in my head. I'm like, God, what am I doing back here with all these freaking monsters, man? Like, mm-hmm. this is weird. Yeah. You know, a little bit. But guess what, man? It's, and, and I'll, but I'll tell you this. That's too. a healthy mindset because that's yeah. just going to fuel the fire for you to, to wanting to keep uh, just hitting the pavement and getting I'll, better. I'll tell you this, too. You know, granted, I've jumped to the front line with the comedy store, Laugh Act, sold out theaters in Australia, all that shit. The, yeah, the, well, the, don't brush over that. That's yeah, yeah. fucking but, crazy. But the comedy community, mm-hmm. the comedy community has embraced me like you would not. Some guys give me shit, but I'm telling you, man, more so than any football team I've been a part of, more than any UFC team I've been a part of, the comedy scene has literally embraced me. They give me tips. They they book me on shows. Like there's not there's not a lot of hate there in their hearts. Like the comedy people. No. That's why I've always been drawn to them. It's such an exclusive like family atmosphere. And I had an issue the other night at Mercy at the house. I can't tell you how many people called me, checking in on me, and I've, I've never felt the love, man. It's yeah, like awesome. this is what has been missing my entire life. Well, there, it, it is this. It is a crazy job, and it's such a, like shared experiences to where if anyone like if anyone sees me in an airport or comes up and goes like Brad Williams, I've I've got walls up where I'm just gonna kind of be nice, but then work to move them along. Yeah. But the second they say I'm a comic too, oh. Walls yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Walls hey, down. What's up, man? Let's hang. Let's talk. Uh, we got some time between flights. Let's go grab a bite. It's eat. a club. Like, yeah, it's, it's it this really weird, is. like fight club. You know, where, yeah. where you guys understand what it takes to get up there. Like I did a set a while ago at the comedy store, and there's there's this girl up there, and I could tell she was so nervous. She was the first one to go on, mm-hmm. and it's the main room comedy store sold out yeah. Thursday night. And she comes in the back, and I see her just like sitting there breathing, and I was just looking. at I'm like, God damn, I get, I know how that goes. Like, yeah. fuck. Like it's an experience. Like most, it's the same as when two guys get in the octagon fight. Like you guys share this common fucking experience that only you two relate yeah. to. And it's mm-hmm. hard to talk to anyone else about it. And so then, when I saw that comedian just there. She was so relieved, and it went well. And I'm like, good for you, man. That's what's so amazing about stand up too. And I feel like, I mean, I'm sure we can all attest like how fortunate you feel that like we somehow got into it and are like yeah. into it now because. A, it can, you know, make a shitty day better, but it's like the constant grind and challenge of it, like it never stops. It's a painting you're never going to finish. Like there's, I mean, you know, like. I like that. Yeah. I like that. 
That is good. It's painting literally a painting finish. you're never going to finish. Yeah. Never. Unless you're Bob <laughs> Ross. You will finish it in 15 minutes. And then we know. And then maybe. That, maybe. But then you got to start a new one. Then you got to start a new one. Yeah. Then you start a fucking new one over and over. Now, you, you know what I'm saying? Like there's every like set. I mean, even. Uh, I mean, even tonight, it's like Brad working on his third hour, and it's like headlining his hometown club in Bray, and it's like, I'm sure you're going in, going like, it, man, man I, mean, I know I know what I'm doing, but like, there's also like, you're not, you're still knowing like, no, I'm still trying to get it yeah. to where I'm happy with it. And also, I'm nervous because it's hometown. Yes. So yep. it's like, I know. I'm and that up. never goes away, and that's hometown awesome. nerves, though. yeah. Because that's going to make you raise your game, and it's like, <laughs> like you say, when the fun goes out of it, like, uh, and that's what's so great about stand-up, I feel like, is like the challenge and the fun are kind of like always... Always meeting there. each other. Yeah. Um, uh, now you have like you you you're starting to do all these uh, successful live podcasts and the Fire and the Kid podcast is just a monster. Yeah, I we've both done it now, dude. I, I haven't gotten a response from me oh. on a podcast like that ever. Dude, I mean, it was your like, fans are insane. Fire and, and Kid Army is relentless. It was amazing, dude. We yeah. love them, and if they're listening to this one, sure uh, thank you for making the jump. Uh, so when you have all that going on, what what makes you want to start your own? Then the Big Brown the Big Brown Breakdown. Big Brown Breakdown. Okay, Which got is, that right. Yeah, it's tongue twister, right? <laughs> it is. I, I want to change the name, but the fans are like. No, don't you dare change it. Um, the big now, big brown breakdown. It started with you know, man. I don't, I don't know how to get into it. So with Brian loves fighting. Brian yeah. loves fighting, but Brian's not an expert on fighting. So I put it like this. So if Brian knows politics, mm-hmm. but if we were gonna have a, if Brian and I had a podcast on politics, and every time Brian was getting balls deep into politics, I went. What's a Republican? And he has to restart at what a Republican is. Yeah. He's never going to get to the nitty gritty that the diehard fans like, dude, break down Whitaker versus Yoel Romero right now. But before I do, Brian goes, God, look at the biceps on Yoel. Like, I'm never going to get to the point. You know, so, so I was like, man, do, do we add an extra fighting the kid? Or, you know, I, I still love fighting. Like, my love for fighting's come back sure. as far as analyzing it. So, and there's, as far as MMI, MMA media, most of them suck, man. So I knew I could do well in it. I have mm-hmm. a really interesting sp- perspective. I did the fights. Also, I'm my own boss. I don't have a producer in my ear. I'm going to tell you like it is. So I, yeah. knew, I knew I could make some headlines, get there with my perspective. So it came from that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do this one-man show and see how it goes. And freaking, you know, we're, uh, that show's averaging a million downloads per episode. You know, <laughs> So it's, it just fucking kills it, man. And then, it's insane. And then my uh, manager goes, I had goals for 2017. I wrote them down in October. And I go, I'd love to do a one-man show. Mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong. I love doing it with Brian, but I'd love to do my one man show. That's my goal. Two on seventeen, even a small show, you know, at the ISS or whatever. Just yeah. cool. And you know, within I don't know, I think January, February, I think February. Uh, I, I did a one man show a little bit ago, and it sold out in like thirty minutes. What? And then it just keeps going, keeps going. The next thing you know, I'm on this Australia tour, and I sold out theaters. So I don't know what's going That's on. That's now. <laughs> When, when you're a guy that doesn't come, like, you're in the world of stand-up now, but that wasn't, like, your bread and butter for the longest time. Like, did, does the concept that you just sold out a theater, like, did, like do you even process that? Or no, like- because I feel like Charlie Sheen doing the dragon bloods. <laughs> fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, the tiger bloods. Yeah, like, I is this thing going to crash and burn? <laughs> yeah. Like, you remember he did, like, he his, did first, tour. his first Detroit show sold out. Yeah. And he gets up there and he has no material. It's not working. Oh, yeah. And the second one, he almost got lynched. Like, yeah. he was screwed. Well, yeah. Dude, think about Kirk Fox, who was opening for him. Do you know Kirk Fox? No. Uh, yeah, comedian. Com- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I met him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good guy. And he opened for Sheen on those things. And he said, 
says, dude, like he came out and people were booing him. He couldn't get through material. And then Charlie came out just to say, like, no, give him a chance. He's a good guy. Yeah. You know? And uh and and then, and, and then I'll come out and say winning. And, and people then went nuts when he came out, and Kurt was like, Yeah, it almost made it worse because he kind of came out for a second. And that and, lasted not, not a long no. time. No. So, well, dude, that's not what's happening with you. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm ready to go. Don't, yeah. I would never let anyone down. I put in all the work. I'm just saying, like it happened so quickly. When, well, when my manager was like, Man, uh, we're getting a lot of requests for Australia, like they want to come to Australia. And I, I don't even, to be honest, I don't like to travel. I hate leaving L.A. I yeah. love mm-hmm. L.A., man. I, I can do comedy store here and do all this come stuff on. here, work yep. on stuff. Yep. So he's, we, you should go to L.A. And I go, all right, well, show me what it looked like. And it's these theaters. I go, well, let's not forget the theaters. Put me on like Baskin Robbins or Outback. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not do that. He goes, well, this is the tour that they want you to do. I went, all right, man. And I was like, well, I'm going to sell like 30 tickets. So embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think I'd sell at the Ice House. We'll sell out, right, left and right. Because um, if, if you don't sell a certain amount, would they just pull it, right? I, well, it, I have no just, idea how it works. I've, it's it, just kind of humiliating when, you, when you're in a theater and you look out and it's half full. You're like, eh. Like, uh, even though there's 800 people there, if it's not feel terrible, sold right? out, yeah, I don't, I, it feels I, bad. I just, I don't know how to deal. Like, that. to me, that's rejection. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in a day, one of the theaters in Sydney sold out. And so they, my agent emailed and was like, dude, I told you. Like, we have, he goes, we... He, you know, I won't mention names. He goes, we've sent these three comics there. You've sold more tickets than any of them in three days than they did their entire you know, campaign. Wow. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Now, is that it feels been, fake to me. Nah, dude, know. that's why this business is so great, man. It's, it's flimsy and uncertain, but like, dude, when you, when you got a good thing, know. you know, people respond. And it's like, dude, you put in the work with the pod and, and this show, and it's, dude, things happen uh, unexpectedly. And then, so it, it, are these live shows, is, is, this, is this a one-man show? Is it stand-up? Like, it's what, a one-man like, show, yeah. yeah. So it's about 45 minutes of stand-up, mm-hmm. and then I go into uh, current events, MMA events, yep. and that's all improv where I'll get into stories about, so they'll bring up a fighter, and I'll, I'll critique what, what he's doing oh, or cool. the situation, but then I'll relate it to my life, and I'll tell some of the, sto- the bunch of stories that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's then, doing that? Nobody. Yeah, yeah, no one's doing it. And I'll fly into the night before the big fight and do it at a theater there or something like that. So, And then I do open it to fan questions. That's where I have fun. Because the, fan, <laughs> the fans are smart and they're like, hey, tell us about. And I'll go into all these stories, man. Wow. That's wow. And, you don't, and you don't hold anything back. I mean, they ask Nothing. Anything. They can ask whatever they want. And they know that. It's wow. an open book and I have so much fun. Well, are the fans, is it a specific uh, demo or is it like 18, male, female? 18 cro- to 36 male yeah. mm-hmm. is, is the predominant. You, know, you probably got to be getting some, some ladies out. Yeah, yeah, good round, ladies. Never <laughs> mad at that. The best. Never sure. mad at that. Because I know Rogan is like, I mean, he's very much dominated by the the dude market. The that, dude right? market that comes yeah. out to him, which I'm sure he's you know loves. But I mean, it's just that UFC fear factor. Yeah, I mean, they are just fucking testosterone. Yeah, yeah roided yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't get a lot of that. I get a lot. You know, I get. It, there will be hot girls there, but they're there with their man. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, I like I've shown like, dude, you fuck my girl, bro. I'm that big of a fan. I'm like. God damn, that's aggressive. God damn, I would never do that. But let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> just but here we go. Yeah, uh, see, I, w- I want the Brendan Schaub demo because right now yeah. I have, like, Brad and I, like, I have strictly uh, rabbis coming to my show, <laughs> and Brad has uh, candy store bouncers. <laughs> All candy store bouncers. <laughs> Large market, surprisingly. I have no idea. Yeah, the guy who manages the, the uh, sweet factory <laughs> yeah. at the uh, Beverly Center. Exactly. Loves Brad. Brings his whole family. Uh, have you been to Australia before? Never. I'm, I, I don't like to travel, man. I've never oh, been to 
Australia. Oh, shit. My schedule there too. Like people are like, dude, because I've always wanted to shark dive. I what? the way they set it up, I have no time to do anything. I literally go, I go city, uh, city, city, Brisbane, yeah. Melbourne, Sydney, yeah. Auckland, Sydney. Like I have zero time. Oh, like man. fuck, and, man. And you don't want to add a day. I won't see a koala. No, <laughs> I won't see anything. I mean, what a fucking that was the most adorable thing I've heard a grown man say. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even gonna get to see a koala. Yeah. How fuck? I come fly out 22 hours Dude, or whatever the fuck on. it is. Well, yeah. can you somehow arrange if you're selling out the fucking theater? Can you somehow put in your rider? Like I want peanut M and M's. I need a koala and in the back. Koala back. I koala in the back. I walk. It's just a quality chill. <laughs> Love goes, it. Do it. <laughs> they they, they, they uh, email me. You go, hey, um, so what do you need in the green room? I said, just coffee, almond milk, stevia, and I'm good. That's literally all I need. What's stevia? Ste- the, it's like Sugar. the green uh, artificial sweetener. Like oh, the hell yeah, 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 yeah. Other than that, I'm good, man. You give me coffee, I'm simple. And a koala. And that, <laughs> I'm going to email right more. This one's going to sting a little. I need a fresh koala at every show. <laughs> And, hey, and don't give me that same fucking koala. Yeah, don't give me those new expired koalas. All cities, <laughs> new yeah. koala. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll feed him now. Our, like <laughs> I'll feed him. You're you're <laughs> you're running around so much, like because uh, they always say like Australia has the most animals there that can kill you. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> I won't see him, but that's yeah. badass. Yeah, like what? Like cause, so you're not so you're not nervous about like running into any, 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 anything like that. Well, like the Australian people are like, dude, I don't know because I keep posting all this stuff that can kill you. Australia yeah. that's I keep posting like way to go Australia like some guy goes bro check out what my doctor found and it's a crocodile and a shark crossing paths in this like fuck in the ocean like a saltwater croc and a big ass shark literally just going by each other what I post that I post that on Instagram like well played Australia so people are sending constantly things that can kill you yeah but then the dude's like dude you realize you're in, like the major city that's like going to fucking California and somebody like dude there are grizzly bears I I don't fucking see one out here That's in Hollywood. True. Yeah. yeah, I have a question. What would be more terrifying for you to run into in Australia? A uh, a, a killer kangaroo Oof. or a <laughs> a kangaroo dressed as a pimp? <laughs> <laughs> that pimp kangaroo don't fuck around. I see that pimp kangaroo, I'm freaking All out. All right, if that's not a cartoon that we're pitching, in, when you get back, pimp that kangaroo. Pimp kangaroo. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Pimping a pimp koalas. kangaroo? He's pimping oh out koalas God. to all the wallabies? Why not? Uh, this has been amazing. Yeah, Thanks dude. for making time, dude. Yeah, man. Thank you, this guys. Is, uh, you're, uh, you're, you guys are two of my faves, man. I mean, likewise, dude. It's, it's cool to... Uh, get uh, not only uh, new blood in the comedy community and someone who's like bringing something fresh to the game, but also yeah. we all feel like we have security now. And <laughs> Which is pretty Unless sweet. you're a pimp. Then, you're I pimp. can't make any promises. I'll do my best. Um, I always told Brad, I didn't think you liked me for the longest. I don't know why either. So cool. I, don't, I, mean, I don't know why. Dude, we briefly got into that on so your I podcast. Someone said something. Same I don't hairstyle. Know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like, and I will say this uh, for you, but I feel like I give off the same vibe, that we are two of the uh, nicest people. Yeah. Because I, I have no beef. Friendly. I just like, I'm, I love this, and like I try to, Brad can attest, right? It's yeah. my it's my own insecurities, I'm sure. Well, it's also, I mean, also we met in like a tiny-ass hallway, and it was like, I didn't want, I was like, for me, I'm all about like the timing of like saying what up and meeting somebody for the first time that you already feel like you know from listening to their podcast yeah. and seeing them around. And so it was like that tiny-ass hallway, and like fucking, you're towering over me, and it was like, what's up, man? My and it was dick's like, in your face. His dick was in my face. You're oh, you're now you know. You know. Now you know how it feels, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Every day of my life, one dick goes in your face. You freak the fuck out. Every day. Oh, my God. That, that was just a weird night, because Joey Diaz was being oh, yeah. weird with me, and then I met you. It was weird. All no, good. 
man. Best. We're best buddies now. Yeah, and, and, and here's how I know that uh, you actually like me is because when I after I did your podcast, um, I got a lot of your fans. Apparently on your podcast, I was calling you Brandon like the entire time. That's my pet peeve. What? And so I apologize. Oh, you're good. And like and all, all the fans were like, I'm surprised I didn't toss that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you call Brandon? <laughs> like Sam Tripoli just learned my name was Brendan. <laughs> He'll call me Brendan. And then I was doing his podcast comedy story. He's like, listen, Brandon. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, <laughs> did you correct Tripoli? him? No. Oh, yeah. See, and that's. And I don't want. I don't want to embarrass him. If we're on air, I don't want to embarrass yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, I'll, I will say. I will say on this podcast. A, I apologize, and uh, B, thank you to your fans for pointing that out now, to me. And instinctually, <laughs> uh, instinctively, I want to call you B. Is that like what people? We're good with that. Yeah, there but also, go. I feel like I need to. Uh, like that's. No, we're good. You can't. You can't throw the nicknames too early in a in a relationship. Now nah, we're there. Build that we're there. I love. We're that. there. What other nicknames do you have that you like and don't like? <laughs> Um, Big dick fighter <laughs> Hates that one <laughs> you know, you, I mean most like a, people like Shab, Shabby, Bren, mm-hmm. B yeah. There you go Pretty standard That works Is that what you got like growing up too? Yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, most of my family and close friends call me Bren, Bren? I haven't heard it in a while because yeah. I don't go back to Oh well, but yeah but then if you call him B then what the fuck am I? Oof oh, he's I call torn. you Braddy Yeah that's true Yeah or B Dubs B Dub is cool. I refer to you as that. B Dub is cool, isn't it? I mean that. I mean that would be my pimp name. Does that scare you? <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, By the way, real quick before we wrap this up, would there and could there and will there ever be a dwarf UFC fighting ring competition? There needs to be. Yeah, there needs to. Brad be. loves I wrestling and fighting so much. I want in first fight. I'm challenging Wee Man. Okay, <laughs> me and Wee Man in a ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm gonna fucking own this guy. I'll do some push-ups. I'll chase chickens. Yo, I'll I, do whatever I gotta can do. Can I be honest? If we d- put that together for charity, I feel like I'm a in. shitload of, of money would be raised. I, I agree. I feel like it'd be a hit. Man. I'm so in. In a and, ball and, pit. But it's a tag team. Then you guys can tag off the regular <laughs> yes. people. Tag got regular people, dude. You are my partner. I'm calling <laughs> yes! it now. I'm in. Who's Wee Man have? Like Johnny Knoxville? Yeah, exactly. Fuck him, him up. Him up. <laughs> Preston Lacey, the fat one. Yeah. You got this or maybe shit, dude. Bam. I feel like Bam's crazy. You got this shit, yeah. dude. Yeah. We got it. All right, that's Unless happening. Unless he's a pimp. I right. don't want to know. And then I'm calling Chuck E. Cheese then tomorrow. You're Brendan. I'm Brad. The tag team, the Killer Bees. Yeah. We got the name. Oh my god. Yeah. We got the name. You guys wear Bumblebee outfits. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> the Beehive. <laughs> Welcome to the Beehive. (laughs) That's it. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. 
Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.